0: You're listening to Behind the Bops from Electric Angels. I'm Sean Kitchener, and today I'm speaking to Jade Ewan, someone who is at the intersection of so many of my own personal interests. (laughs) She was part of one of the 21st century's most iconic pop groups. She's one of the UK's best loved Eurovision entrants ever. She's a West End superstar, and she's done so much other stuff in between. Although as a child she did a few TV projects, performed on stage in The Lion King and was part of the short-lived group Trinity Stone, it was 2009 when she properly shot to fame, being selected by the British public to represent us at Eurovision alongside Andrew Lloyd Webber. The song It's My Time came fifth and no other UK entrant has done better at the competition in the 11 years since. Within six months of that happening, she got to work on her own incredible music such as the evergreen banger My Man and joined the Sugar Babes as part of their fourth and final lineup, getting to work with the pre-fame Bruno Mars. Since then, she's become a regular on the London stage, playing the role of Princess Jasmine in the West End's Aladdin, and she's even played a lead role in the movie alongside Steven Seagal. Safe to say, we had plenty to talk about. So I was just basically just going to talk through all these amazing things that you've done, of which there are about four hundred million. I wanted to go back firstly to when you were really little because I didn't realise you were in. You started off with the Lion King, didn't you? Which is incredible. Yeah. Um, when when you were starting out, I know you did a lot of TV stuff as well. Was kind of the stage acting stuff? Was that the first? Was that one of your first kind of passions, if you will? Do you
1: know? What? I think I think my first love was always music. Mm. Um, and that was mostly to do with my mum and dad because you probably know that my dad's blind my yeah. mum's partially sighted so they, we just had music on all the time in our house and we did watch TV but it wasn't like the main source of entertainment so um, I'd sing to everything and then I had a, I've got a sister who's like 20 months younger so I'd make her sing with me, she was terrible but <laughs> I'd make
2: her sing with me <laughs> and dance
1: and we'd put on little shows um, and then it was kind of from there that I'd just Went to like a local dance school and, and started to learn ballet and tap, and yeah. at the time, we called it jazz or modern. Um, they'd bought out the Lion King movie but they were auditioning for the West End show and I was obsessed with Nala and The Lion King. I absolutely loved it. So I just begged my mum and we had to queue. I remember queuing for hours. This queue was just all the way down the street and around the block. Um, And she was trying to go along with it and be really encouraging, but also trying to... Just say, you know, don't get your hopes up. There are lots of people here and, you know, we're kind of new to this. Um, and then, yeah, I had a process of about 13 recalls. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty gruesome. Like, they just whittle you down. And, you know, as kids, it's like oh <laughs> you stood in a line and they're literally just going, thank you, goodbye, next. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was terrified, but I ended up getting um, Nala
2: yeah, yeah. and
1: that was like that. That was a big moment that changed because I I've never really sung in front of a live audience before, yeah. and I, I didn't know what it was to finish performing and and hear an applause or to be in a spotlight and you have like the um the, the dry ice which is like the smoke effect yeah. that they have you know and and hearing an orchestra I'd never heard an orchestra live so wow. they, they're really beautiful memories and I remember literally being at the end of a performance thinking this is it this is what I want to yeah. do you know when I grow up so yeah
0: and I didn't realise until literally a year or two ago I was looking back through my old music collection and I didn't really I had no idea you were part of Trinity Stone um, Move a Little Closer was such such a bop I remember loving that song it's so oh rare now though God, I can't
1: I, believe you even know about that was my yeah, first yeah. record deal and we didn't even get to release it
0: did you not I was going to say that song is so rare I couldn't find it on stream or sales or anything so did that never because there was a video and everything wasn't there did that just never yeah
1: so that's basically why you couldn't find it because it didn't get officially released that we'd signed a deal with bmg and then that year bmg then merged with sony right
2: um
1: and then all these new people record label execs just like took over and we became you know just another act that was signed but we had shot the video and done all our uh, recording of the album and everything for about two years prior to that so um yeah, by the time it came to officially releasing, we, we basically just didn't really have anyone that was that passionate about us anymore because our label boss had been let go. Right. Um, so we were what they call shelved. and yeah,
2: yes.
1: it, it just never, it never came out. But we'd worked with some amazing people. We'd worked with CeeLo from um, Niles Barkley and Neo had written a song. and I mm-hmm. mean, we just had really cool material. I remember just being devastated at yeah, the yeah. time. I was like, oh, this is it, you know, and then it did, nothing came of it. So um, it yeah. was
2: difficult. I was oh, going to say yeah,
0: the, the first, I guess, the first experience of like something amazing happening, and then like, oh no, it's not happening. That must have been quite like, god damn it! <laughs>
1: yeah, and like, I didn't realise, you know, being on the, on the other side of a deal, like it's you think that the hardest thing is to get a record deal in the mm. first place um, and so I, we, had, we had been signed and we had flown all over the world and we sp- spent months in LA and all kinds of places, it was, we were like, as far as we were concerned, it was like, this is a done deal now, we're going to go out and make huge music and the guy that signed us had signed Blue and wow. I think he'd you know, it had big acts already, um, Natalie and Brulia as well, it all had big stuff yeah, was out hey. at that time, so we were like we're in safe hands, but we kind of didn't realise that um, it's much harder to stay signed once you are signed right, because yeah, yeah. you then have to get playlisted on the radio stations which you know about um and then all of that stuff and you know you have to chart and if you don't um they're quite ruthless and we didn't even get to put out the single right. so they were even more ruthless with us
0: that was very frustrating <laughs> wasn't it? well then luckily the um the eurovision gig came along a of the, it must have been a few years after that and i remember you had to go through this whole intense talent show before you'd even done eurovision that must have been quite, yeah. That must have been quite stressful in itself, I'm guessing.
1: <laughs> it was. So basically what happened is Tracy Stone were no more. Mm. I was then offered a solo deal with the same label, Sony BMG. Mm. Um, but again, people left. It didn't work out. And I found myself out of a deal, you know, and on my own completely. Um, and I had always been doing acting anyway because you kind of touched on it before. So I'd gone to a stage called, called Sylvia Young. So I had an agent for acting. Oh, yeah. And they'd they'd put me up for um, a BBC, uh, like, kids' uh, drama, and it was all based on Greek mythology. And I had auditioned for the part of a goddess um, called Siren who who would sing, and she would obviously lure men to their death. So there was a tape of me singing in this audition, and it somehow – it was for the BBC, so it somehow got into the hands of whoever was looking for um, talent for – the Eurovision. Yeah. Um, and I just got a phone call asking me if I wanted to, if I would consider auditioning and represent, potentially representing the UK for the Eurovision. Oh, wow. At the time I was like, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, not doing that. You know, no one ever, we never win. It's like everyone tells me it was a bad idea. So I was like, no, 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 no. Um, And then they'd said, well, you know, we've got Andrew Lloyd Webber writing the song and um, a lady called Diane Warren. And I had met Diane when I was in Trinity Stone. She had written songs like Unbreak My Heart for Tony Braxton. Huge stuff. And, you know, I absolutely loved her. So... They'd said that they were collaborating and should the winner, you know, even if you didn't win the competition in terms of the Eurovision, there was a record deal on the table with um, Geffen, who are Universal. Yeah. So at that point, I thought, well, okay, this kind of changes things because I don't have to win this competition to go and. Pursue my dream still in right, sure. music. So, why not? And I, I, at the time, I'd been like, I was signing on actually. I'd had a really terrible time. I couldn't pay any rent and I couldn't get a normal job. So, I was trying to pay my, you know, bills just by signing on. So, this right, come yeah. along I so I'm going to go for it. And um, so, I did it.
0: Yeah.
1: Amazing. Okay. Right do you expect to actually get as far as representing. Right? Yeah, us yeah, was like, I'll be out in a
0: early rounds. Well, there's and a clip then, of yeah. you, Um, the, the first audition I was watching just this morning, actually, and this, you're absolutely nailing this massive song and there's this voiceover from Andrew Lloyd Webber going, yeah, she's all right. Yeah, I can maybe work with her a bit. I don't know. (laughs) What (laughs) are you talking about? She's killing it. What was it like working with him? Do you
1: know what? He was lovely. I was very intimidated because I knew who he was because of my background in musical theatre. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, he's a big deal. Um... And I felt, you know, back then I was really still quite rough and raw, do you know what I
2: mean? Right, okay. <laughs> and,
1: and it, you know, they were saying he was going to come to our houses and, you know, meet our family, and he and my parents lived on a council estate in East London, and he came over for a cup of tea and a bacon sandwich oh. and I, you know he was lovely, yeah, yeah but it was just very it was very weird, it was very surreal where well, they took us to his house, and he literally had a butler that greeted you at the door okay. and like you know it was, it was just another planet to me yeah, yeah um so i was I was very nervous, but he was always very kind um he always encouraged me to sort of put my own. Uh, spin on the song and and do what I would do with it because obviously a few of us sang the same song but yeah. in totally different styles. Um, so he was lovely and then when it came to the performance I remember actually him being really like, as in the Eurovision yeah, yeah. last performance he was so nervous that they had to have a... Um, a body double kind of or another pianist flown out just in case he couldn't go on oh, wow. to perform because he was accompanying me live yeah i remember like trying to reassure him and thinking hang on a minute I'm the one that's got to sing <laughs> this is the biggest audience I've ever seen in my life and this is live and uh, the pressure's on me right now
0: but oh I'm going God. it's
2: all right Andrew
0: <laughs> <laughs> you'll still be okay no matter what happens Andrew you'll be fine <laughs> oh wow when when yeah. that whole experience of going out to eurovision were you able to obviously you just come off the back of this intense process and then you're going off to do actual eurovision itself were you able to enjoy it or i remember there was a lot of hype around you at the time they're like oh god we're, we're really trying hard this year we've got someone who's amazing we've got a good song with angeloid Weber." did you feel much pressure on you or were you able to oh, just kind gosh, of
1: I felt immense pressure just yeah. massive massive pressure um but I did enjoy it because, you know, I was getting to tour the world. Yeah. I hadn't done much traveling before that point. So I literally was touring, going all over Europe. Um, and, you know, there was like sitting, like literally fairy tale moments where they would take me, you know, into... I, can't, I wish I would remember the jeweler's name now. I have to think about it. But he um, kitted me out with all these diamonds for the performance. So they literally took me into this, this shop and they were like, try on anything you want and basically we'll have somebody... Package it all up, and that will come with you with a security guard just for the jewels, and that's what you'll wear for the uh, the performance. Oh, wow. And I got to, to pick out a microphone which I had custom made oh. in Swarovski's. You know, it was it was oh. insane yeah, yeah. Um, and beautiful. You know, everyone was so lovely. You know, the, all of the fans here. I didn't realize how big it was because we yeah. always knock it. But as soon as I started like doing the uh, pro- promo tour it's like even the countries that are, you know, should be supporting their own were really supportive and welcoming and lovely. Um, yeah, and yeah. they were really excited they know everything about you. It's yeah. like, it was just, yeah, it was like zero to a hundred overnight.
0: But yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you came fifth, which by UK standards is like a triple first. That's kind of a massive <laughs> achievement. Were you, were you, like what sticks out to you about that night, the, the night itself, apart from <laughs> talking down Android Lloyd Webber, was it quite a, was it, was it quite a special night for you?
1: It was. I remember just the just standing on the um, stage and looking out into the auditorium, and just uh, it was like I couldn't my my eyes couldn't process how many people were there. I'd just mm. never seen so many people in one spot um and all the flags i remember just all the different a sea of flags of all the different countries um that moment where you're waiting to hear the points it was awful i remember just being fulfilled like feeling sick and i remember arlene phillips actually was holding my hand the whole time Mm -hmm. she was just she was everyone was very nervous um and then, yeah, I was really disappointed at the time with fifth. I remember just thinking I wanted to come top three. That was my goal, top right. three, top three. Um, so I came away just a bit like, oh, okay, you know, what, what happens now? Um, but as time has gone on, I've realized actually I did a really good job and yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have been so hard on myself, yeah, because – uh, we we did good. And it's the best we've done in a while. Yeah,
0: so. well, no, it hasn't been beaten since, has it? It's was amazing. <laughs> yeah,
1: anyway, we... People keep saying to me, would you do it again? But I'm like, I don't know if I could put myself through all of that again. At Just the time, terrible... <laughs> I was like, totally naive. So I went into it blind. But now I know what's involved. I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad people are asking, though, because there is still a lot of pride and love for you in that performance. I don't know if you're aware, a couple of weeks ago, there was this, um, there's this thing called Eurovision again, where fans watch. Specific years, and they did 2009 a couple of weeks ago, and there was just an outpouring of love on Twitter for like, oh my God, Jade, remember this song, remember this amazing. Are you aware of how much the Eurovision fan I base still that, loves no. you?
2: It was, I'm, re- it I'm really
1: bad at the social media thing. I really struggle with it. I just find it like. Never know. I just feel like, oh, do people really care about what I'm doing? <laughs> so I don't, I don't. keep up to date with yeah, it. I yeah. probably should. Well, you
0: um, were very still, nice. still very much, still very much adored that that year, that performance. Oh. But however busy that period was, the next few months I'm guessing were just like just just more so. I wanted to touch briefly on my man because that is such 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 a tune, such a tune. Um, uh, I didn't realise how quick it came out after. I've forgotten how quick the turnaround must have been. There, did you have some music ready to go, or was it literally like Eurovision studio go? Like, how did that? Yeah, it music- was
1: literally that. It was Eurovision studio and then get it out. And I remember at the time they were really torn between that song and another one called punching out oh yeah yeah um, yeah and there were back tours backwards, forwards with which one to release um but we ended up doing my man and they t- flew me out to la to shoot the video there and that was mad in itself because the-, the guy who choreographed my video was the choreographer for beyonce and usher yeah and his name was frank gatson he was a really nice man and you know, he's just like, "Why don't do you want to meet Usher? Let's all meet meet Usher tonight." <laughs> so he took me down to this studio when Usher was recording with an artist that's now known as Miguel, but then okay. he wasn't. Um, yeah, wow. then he was like, kind of starting out in the camp, and you know, it was just this really intimidating room of all these amazing writers and musicians. And then I was just like, "Hey, you know, I heard you're you're a singer. You know, can you sing something for me?" Wow. <laughs> I just, okay. I, I, I couldn't speak i was just you know i was the biggest usher fan i had every album poster everything i was obsessed with him yeah suddenly he's asking me to sing i'm like i just couldn't think of anything and he's like okay i'll sing for you and then you sing for me afterwards so he's singing and the whole time i'm desperately going what can i sing what can i sing yeah yeah take it in um But he was so nice. He was lovely. And then, yeah, we we decided on My Man as being the song and the video, and they released that quite quickly. But it was then that I, again, realized the struggle of, um, you know, getting playlisted because the whole thing then was, oh, well, she's done Eurovision.
2: So, right,
1: okay. you know, she's not credible enough. We don't want to put her on Up even though my personal music was so different to what I'd done for Eurovision, it was like they didn't – yeah, so it was really tough, and then it was at that point, um, the label all in these talks, like, what what are we going to do with Jade? Like, how do we move past this Eurovision thing um, and change the perception? And then I was approached by the management called Crown, who looked after Sugar Babes, mm. and they, because I didn't have a manager this whole time, I had no oh, manager. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I was just sort of, like, floating Damn, along just, because the BBC had looked after me for the whole of Eurovision, yeah, so I didn't yeah. really need one then. And then I already had a record deal because normally you have a manager who helps you get the record but i already had one as part of the deal of the eurovision thing so um there was like no one kind of in the in the middle looking after me personally they were like all kind of doing their own thing so um somebody introduced me to a lady called sarah crown yeah and um she kind of came in and turned my whole world upside down to be honest she was like right you know you're not going to get playlisted uh, the eurovision thing is a, p- a problem in terms of your image and your branding and in order for you to now you know really maximize the profile that you've got we're going to have to do something quite radical so she's like it's this is an opportunity and this is when she said about the sugar wave she's like it's up to you you can either take this opportunity and you won't regret it or Uh, You know, we give it to somebody else and you might always be thinking, what if?
0: Wow.
1: I know, it was ruthless. It's like like,
0: a film scene, does it?
1: Yeah. And I was like, what do I do here? Because I was, you know, I was still, I was 21.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And I was was like, I just want to sing. But she was like, explaining, like, you know, it's about, it's not always about, the music, it's about the business, about all the other things that have to fall into place. You've already had three or four record deals before this, this, you know, it was all this stuff. So I was like, okay, maybe I should just be brave. And I remember at the time saying, okay, I'm not committing to anything. I just want to meet them. Yeah, yeah. And she'd said, okay, sure, you know, this, we'll just put you on a plane to LA and you can just meet them. No strings attached. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It, you know, was, as soon as I got off playing at LA, there were perhaps some, and- everywhere. Wow! I didn't even know which members I was meeting because I didn't know who was
2: leaving. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and then, yeah, I, I was st- stuck in a hotel room for a few days. wasn't allowed out. And then uh, I think on like the fourth day, they brought Heidi and Amel to the to the room. Yeah
0: they were like how how do you feel how's it going oh my goodness and all this time my man has actually been this this all happened in the space of like a few days that my man was actually released wasn't it was this is that right it was so yeah Chaos! (laughs) Chaos! <laughs> oh my God, Yeah,
2: amazing. absolutely.
1: I remember doing a radio uh, tour, like all the interviews, and I remember Sarah saying to me, um, just have a, a little pull-along case packed and ready, because we're going to try and get you on the earliest flight. But I obviously wasn't allowed to tell anyone. Mm. So I was going to these radio interviews with my little case. And people are like, well, "Where are you going?" I was like, "Oh, are
2: you know." <laughs> oh God! So that yeah.
0: that whole um, amazing situation unfolded. Yada yeah, yada yeah, yada. Yeah. When the Sugar Babes did relaunch with you in there, obviously, about a girl came out, which, in my opinion, is one of their best. I love that song. You even got to do the iconic "Red One" Sugar Babes at the beginning, which must have. Just I know. Been I so got
2: soon.
1: very lucky with that. Very, very lucky because I just recorded the parts that you know. I guess Keisha was yeah. uh, originally singing um so yeah and and i had to record that whole album in about three days in a shed somewhere in west london they were like sent me off to this guy i mean it was a nice studio setup but still was in this mansion he was just like get it all done yeah um and so yeah and then at the time lady gaga was huge so i remember hearing red one and being like oh my (laughs) gosh i don't know why it happened in this order but we'd filmed the video in the desert Mm. and then i'd come to a recording studio and i had to record oh that was it there were two songs that bruno mars had written on that album and so i had to he and only he wanted to record it he didn't want anybody else doing so um i came to the studio then and met him and he hadn't released any music yet he Mm. was a writer and he was singing he was playing guitar and he would just make up songs on the spot Um, and i was like oh my gosh your voice is amazing i was like wow you're an artist you could be amazing he's like oh no you know because he was signs to Jay-Z he's like oh um, Jay doesn't think you know I'm, I'm quite ready yet so I'm just developing as okay. a writer I know and then I think <laughs> about it. a year later he bought out Billionaire and I was like that's the
2: guy oh,
0: that's wow. the guy! <laughs> yeah. well I was going to say you did um, it, it, it Did from what I remember as well reading from the outside when the songs were made with all these amazing producers like Sean Kingston Ryan Tedder Stargate that yeah. was all kind of done without you and then you were like okay I'm dubbing it in but the fact you got to meet Bruno Mars. That's quite that, that, That's quite yeah. cool. That's what like.
1: <laughs> exactly. And he was really nice. You know, he wasn't... I, I imagine he's the type of person that wouldn't really change. He was such a warm, humble, fun guy. And yeah, when yeah. you see him in interviews, he seems the same. So, oh,
0: um, nice.
1: yeah, it was a nice memory. Oh,
0: lovely. So, Ryan, jump jumping ahead a bit. So, when the the Sweet 7 album came out and then Freedom kind of came and went, how did the, that era kind of wrap up? Because... It, was it one of those things where you like we're going to take a break for a bit, or did it just naturally peter out?
1: Yeah, it was all really. Uh, it was. It, it kind of filtered out. Like no one said, "This is the end," but um, I didn't know again because I had never got to the point where i actually properly released music and saw it chart and could, yeah, we could yeah. then you know gauge. So I was very much just going on what the the management and the company were telling us. And we, I remember we were gigging at the time that i think yeah about a girl had come out and i think we'd done um wear my kiss and oh, yeah, they'd, yeah. they'd done quite well yeah. i think they'd done really well actually as far as i was concerned was by sugar standards they were like oh you know this is not as good as we normally get because they were used to having number ones and huge hits i think we were making like top 10 maybe right. um and then i think i can't remember how we how we came by freedom but that song came up and they were like right we're going to release this. I remember we shot the video. Yeah. Um, but during that time, sugar babes were leaving universal and signing to Sony. Oh, so yeah. well, it all come kind of full circle for me. Cause I'd started off obviously with Sony.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: so they were it was going to be the first single released via sony and i don't know it just didn't they didn't i don't know what happened it didn't go officially they were going to like put it out it's just like a fun song oh, yeah, yeah. It, well, maybe it wasn't getting playlisted but at th- th- that point i remember the girls kind of sort of saying or indicating this could be this could be the end of it right and i was a bit like no i'm sure it'll be fine and then all of a sudden you know we just weren't we weren't doing any gigs anymore or there were few and far between and we weren't recording because the album had been recorded. So right. I was just sort of like waiting around for something to happen. Um, and then I think sometimes, it had been like 18 months and then I'd got to the point where I was like, well, every time I'm asking an interview, oh, you know, when you guys are putting out more music, I just felt really uncomfortable lying and yeah,
2: saying,
1: yeah. yeah, we're still recording because we weren't. Yeah. So I, I think I just said, you know, I don't even know, I think I said we're pretty much done. Right, and I was like, yeah, we as far as I was aware we're not doing anything else and then yeah I, I kind of had a break I was quite heartbroken after that because my whole music industry experience had been really tough
2: yeah, yeah, like, oh,
1: yeah and I was like I don't know you know I don't know if I want to do this I loved singing but I didn't like the business side so of it so yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: I to step
1: away and yeah and then I met who's my one of my closest nearest dearest friends David. I was sat next to him on a on a plane flight to Scotland because I was going to some. Uh, they were called the Scottish Fashion Awards, and um, he we just got chatting. I asked him what he did, and he told me he was an agent, um, but he did, he primarily focused on like TV and film and yeah. musical theatre. And he's like, "Don't you used to do that stuff?" And I told him, "Yeah, you know, I trained and all of that from a very young age." And he said, "Well, if ever you're interested, if you ever wanted to get back into it again, you know, here's my card and just give me a call."
2: Oh, thank
1: you. And I. Yeah, and I took his car, but I didn't call him for about, I think, nearly two years. I was just like, no, you know, it's not for me, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then one day I thought, do you know what, I just dug it out and I was like, I'm going to give him a call, I'm going to yeah. just see what he says. And I came along to meet him in uh, his office and he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, to be honest, I just love singing, I yeah, love being yeah. on stage, that was my first passion, my first love. Um so all I really want to do is just do stuff that makes me feel happy. And he's like, okay, let's just send you out for a couple of auditions and just see how we get on. And then it was from then that, yeah.
0: And he just all started
1: Yeah, it just all started flowing, yeah. Amazing. And I'm having the best time, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say, um, there's, there's some amazing stuff on your CV, but obviously Aladdin jumps out in particular. Um, getting the call to get that role, that must have been quite a moment.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. That was... One of the really scary things, like I've been auditioning my whole life, I know the process very well. But the the more rounds and the more callbacks you get, the more like invested you are, and you start going, "Oh, I really want this part, but I don't want to get too, I don't want to get my hopes up in Mm. case it doesn't come about." So, I remember I'd had the audition, the final audition. The day before and then the following morning, um, David had called me and I had i literally just stepped out of the shower. So I remember being really cold and wet. <laughs> and, um, I was looking at the phone. I saw his name. and I thought this is about to be the, the worst phone call of my life or the best. Yeah. Um, but I thought, like, do I answer it? I remember thinking I'm not ready to answer this. And then I answered it. Um, and he was really mean. He oh, came yeah. on the phone and he was like, you know, first of all, you did a really great job. They all said you were really fantastic, but unfortunately. So obviously, I'm going okay. I haven't got it. Oh. And then, he, then he, you know, lets me stew. And then he ends up saying they want to offer you the part of jasmine and aladdin and i just sort of sat there on the floor i was
2: like ah, oh crying <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh wow it seems like it's one of those parts where you, like every single show there'll be like people in the audience are like oh my god it's princess jasmine like did... <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: was, it was amazing it, i mean you know being a disney princess flying on a carpet i had the most beautiful costumes mm. and tiaras um the song I, i've always loved that song a whole new world yeah. it's just i don't know something about it was really beautiful Um, and yeah I just would every night just look around just thinking how did I get here how am I this lucky you know like the sets were unbelievable did you see it by the way
0: yeah 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 it was amazing
1: okay so you know what the sets you know the yeah. cave of wonders all the gold in there and incredible just, yeah i just I was just like oh amazing. i really loved it
0: yeah oh amazing were you meant to be in something in the Southwark playhouse in, a, in an alternate universe at this at this <laughs> yeah. moment or just gone
1: yes i was about to do my first play oh. um, it's called the beast of blue yonder that's the one yeah yeah, and it was written by amazing uh, playwright called um, Philip Ridley. Yeah. And um, the cast are amazing. I don't know if you saw Nest that's been out recently on no, BBC, no. but the main girl in that, who she was the, the surrogate, her name's Mirren. She was going to be in – they had, like, the most, like, phenomenal cast, and it was going to be really cool – new chapter for me because yeah. it was just straight acting and I always just wanted to do a play and yeah. do something and it couldn't be more different from Aladdin because it was like you know really stripped back and there wouldn't have been a huge lavish set or anything
0: yeah yeah oh gosh so when this yeah. is like when, when this is all over you'd like to do like a, a straight acting play do you want to do more <laughs> yeah so-
1: I really wanted to yeah because I, I I love acting like, it was something I actually really loved in school when I was training at Sylvia's and I always felt just like a bit of a fraud. I knew I could sing, but with acting, I was like, I'm just kind of guessing here. I'm going on instincts and I don't know if I would count myself as an actress, Mm. but sort of as time's gone on um, and I have trained since and I did a film actually with uh, Stephen Segal called yeah. of a
0: Grunt see yeah. this is how impressive your stuff is like we've been talking for half hour I haven't even touched on a, being a leading lady with Stephen Segal it's mad uh, it was
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean I had to write a book about that on its own that was <laughs> just a mad mad but really fun um, chapter and I, it was a moment again where I was like, oh, I love this. I really love you know making films. Yeah. And, you know there was explosions and all the the costumes and the props and the special effects makeup. It was just really fun. Um, so I would like to do more screen work for sure. Yeah. Um, and in yeah, and I just want to try a play because I just want to do something that challenges me that I've never never done before. So yeah. I think hopefully at some point in the future when we all go back to normal.
2: Mm
0: all right well yeah sorry i've kept you so much longer than i said i was so sorry about that but thank you so much uh, for oh, it's all good. just to say thanks we're going to make a little donation to a charity do you have um any causes in mind that you'd like us to
1: oh, donate yes. it towards? i'm going to go with the carers trust
0: oh yeah oh excellent
1: because um they're, they're a charity i work with and um they have you know really lovely cause um which is looking after young kids who obviously have to take care of their parents
0: yeah
2: um
1: so yeah i'd like to give it to them amazing and thank you i really appreciate that. that's a lovely gesture
0: no no not at all thank you all right well thanks very much have a lovely rest of lockdown i mean i don't know lovely all right thanks very much what a hero thank you to jade for speaking to me and thank you for listening uh, you can find electric angels at underscore electric angels on twitter and instagram and you can find me at sean kitchener thanks